Link layer. The lowest layer of our internet architecture is the link layer. We call it the lowest layer because it is closest to the physical network media. Often the link layer transmits data using a wire, a fiber optic cable, or a radio signal. A key element of the link layer is that usually data can only be transmitted part of the way from the source computer to the destination computer. Wired Ethernet, Wi-Fi, and the cellular phone network are examples of link layers that can transmit data about a kilometer. Fiber optic cables, particularly those under the oceans, can transmit data up to thousands of kilometers. Satellite links can also send data over long distances. The link layer, regardless of the distance we can send the data, it is still traveling over a single link, and to reach the ultimate destination computer requires forwarding packets across multiple links. In this section we will look at how one of the most common link layers functions in some detail. Wi-Fi is a great way to look at many issues that must be solved at the link layer. 1. Sharing the air. When your laptop or phone is using Wi-Fi to connect to the Internet, it is sending and receiving data with a small, low-powered radio. The radio in your computer can only send data about 300 meters, so your computer sends your packets to the router in your home, which forwards the packets using a link to the rest of the Internet. Sometimes we call the first router that handles your computer's packets the base station or gateway. All computers that are close enough to the base station with their radios turned on receive all of the packets the base station transmits, regardless of which computer the packet is supposed to be sent to. They also hear all the packets sent by every other nearby computer, so your computer needs a way to know which packets to treat as its own and which packets are being sent to other computers and can be safely ignored. An interesting side effect of the fact that all the computers within range can hear all packets is that a rogue computer could also be listening to and capturing your packets, perhaps getting a hold of important data like bank account numbers or passwords to online services. We will come back to the issue of protecting your data from prying eyes and ears in a later section. Every Wi-Fi radio and every device that is ever built is given a unique serial number at the time it is manufactured. This means that each of the computers using Wi-Fi has its own serial number and the radio in the gateway also has a serial number. You can usually go into a setting screen on your device and look up the serial number for the Wi-Fi radio in your device. It is generally shown in the following form. 0F2A, B3, 1F, B3, 1A. This is just a representation of a 48-bit serial number for your Wi-Fi radio. It is also called the Media Access Controller MAC address. A MAC address is like a firmware to address on a postcard. Every packet. Radio postcard, sent across the Wi-Fi has a source and destination address, so all of the computers know which messages are theirs. When you turn on your computer and connect to a Wi-Fi network, your computer needs to figure out which of the MAC addresses on the Wi-Fi can be used to send packets to the router. When you move from one physical location to another, your computer will be talking to different gateways and each of those gateways will have a different serial number. So when you first connect to a new Wi-Fi, your computer must discover the MAC address for the gateway of that particular Wi-Fi. To do this, your computer sends a special message to a broadcast address, effectively asking the question, who is in charge of this Wi-Fi since your computer knows it is not the gateway itself. It sends a broadcast message with its own serial number as the from address and the broadcast address as the to address to ask if there are any gateways present on the Wi-Fi network. From 0F2A, B3, 1F, B3, 1A2. FF, 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 FF data, who is the MAC gateway for this network? If there is a gateway on the network, the gateway sends a message containing its serial number back to your computer. From, 98, 
2F4E78C1B42, 0F2A, B3, 1F, B3, 1A data, I am the gateway welcome to my network, if there are no replies, your computer waits a few seconds and then assumes there is no gateway for this network, when there is no gateway, your computer might show a different Wi-Fi icon or not show the Wi-Fi icon at all, sometimes there can be more than one gateway, but we will ignore that for a while because it is a little complex and not very common. Once your computer receives a message with the MAC address of the gateway, it can use that address to send packets that it wants the gateway to forward to the Internet. From that point on, all of your computer's packets have the actual serial number of the destination. You want to use the broadcast address as little as possible because every computer connected to the Wi-Fi receives and processes any messages sent to the broadcast address to make sure the messages were not intended for them. Courtesy and Coordination because many computers are sharing the same radio frequencies, it's important to coordinate how they send data. When there's a crowd of people in a room, they can't all talk at the same time or everything will be garbled. The same thing happens when multiple Wi-Fi radios transmit at the same time on the same frequency. So we need some way to coordinate all the radios to make best use of the shared frequencies. We will look at the basics of technical approaches to avoiding lost data due to transmission collisions. The first technique is called carrier sense. The technique is to first listen for a transmission, and if there is already a transmission in progress, wait until the transmission finishes. It might seem like you could wait for a long time, but since all messages are broken into packets, usually your computer only has to wait for the computer currently sending data to finish a packet, after which your computer gets its chance to send data. If your computer's Wi-Fi radio listens for data and hears silence, it can begin transmitting. But what if another computer's Wi-Fi radio that wants to send a packet listened to and heard the same silence and decided to start transmitting at exactly the same time? If two or more Wi-Fi radios start transmitting at the same time, all of the data is corrupted and both packets are lost. So once your Wi-Fi radio starts sending a packet it is important for it to listen to make sure it can receive its own data. If it is not receiving the same thing that it is sending, your Wi-Fi radio assumes that a collision has happened. This is called collision detection and stops transmitting. Since it knows that no data will be received by the destination Wi-Fi radio, we humans do a similar thing in a room full of people. When two people start talking at the same time, they are good at noticing that another person is talking and quickly stop talking. But the problem is how to restart the conversation. After a long pause it is common that both people start talking at the exact same time again. This can happen over and over and each person says no. You repeatedly to attempt to figure out how to get the conversation restarted. It can be quite comical at times. The Wi-Fi radios and two computers that send colliding packets are able to solve this problem much better than people can solve the problem. When the Wi-Fi radios detect a collision or garbled transmission, they compute a random amount of time to wait before retrying the transmission. The rules for computing the random wait are set up to make sure the two colliding stations pick different amounts of time to wait before attempting to retransmit the packet. The formal name for the listen, transmit, listen, and wait and retry if necessary is called carrier sense multiple access with collision detection or CSMACD. It might sound a little chaotic to just give it a try and then give it another try if your transmission collides with another station's transmission, but in practice it works well. There is a whole category of link layers that use this basic pattern of listen, transmit, listen, and optionally retry, wired Ethernet, cellular telephone data and even short message service, SMS texting, all use this try then retry approach, coordination and other link layers, 
Sometimes when a link layer has many transmitting stations and needs to operate at near 100% efficiency for long periods of time, the design takes a different approach. In this approach, there is a token that indicates when each station is given the opportunity to transmit data. Stations cannot start a transmission unless they have the token. Instead of listening for silence and jumping in, they must wait for their turn to come around. When a station receives the token and has a packet to send, it sends the packet. Once the packet has been sent, the station gives up the token and waits until the token comes back to it. If none of the stations have any data to send, the token is moved from one computer to the next computer as quickly as possible. Communicating with a token, a group of people sitting around a meeting could communicate without ever interrupting each other by having a small ball that they pass around in a circle and only allowing the person who has the ball to speak. When you get the ball and have something to say you talk for a short period, transmit a packet of words and then pass the ball on. The try-then-retry-CSMACD approach works very well when there is no data or when low or moderate levels of data are being sent, but on a token-style network, if there is no data being sent and you want to send a packet, you still have to wait for a while before you receive the token and can start transmitting. When you finish your packet you have to wait until the token comes back before you can send the next packet. If you are the only station that wants to send data, you spend a good bit of time waiting for the token to come back to you after passing through all of the other stations. The token approach is best suited when using a link medium such as, as a satellite link or a undersea fiber optic link where it might take too long or be too costly to detect a collision. The CSMACD, listen try, is best suited when the medium is inexpensive, shorter distance, and there are a lot of stations sharing the medium that only send data in short bursts, so that is why Wi-Fi and CSMACD is so effective for providing network access in a coffee shop, home, or room in a school. Summary. So now we have looked at the lowest layer in our four-layer architecture, and we have only taken a simple look at how the link layer works. There are many other details that must be designed into a link layer like connection distance, voltage, frequency, speed, and many others. A key benefit of the layered architecture is that engineers who design and build link layer technologies can ignore all of the issues that are handled by the layers above the link layer. This allows them to focus on building the best possible solution to moving data across a single hop. Modern day link layers like Wi-Fi, satellite, cable modems, Ethernet, and cellular technology are very well developed. Data moves so quickly and seamlessly that once we get a connection we rarely have to worry about the link layer. It just works. This is a chapter from the book titled Introduction to Networking written by Charles R. Severance. This material is currently in draft and is copyright all rights reserved. When the book is complete and published, the author will change the copyright to be Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial. Please contact the author of the book at xavatumich.edu if you have any questions or comments regarding the book.